0: Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hey friends, welcome back to the Let It Be podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time this week and you maybe missed last week's episode, I need you to go back and listen to that first because this is actually part two of the conversation that my friend Karen Anderson and I had last week. And Karen has been in the process of sharing a story that has been a lifelong story for her. Early on when she was fresh out of high school, she was dating a guy and they felt like they were in love with each other and their relationship progressed quickly to a physical relationship. And shortly into her freshman year of college, she found herself pregnant and faced with a decision of what in the world am I going to do when I have the decision of having a baby or not having a baby on my shoulders. And she shared her the first part of this story. It's so critical that you listen to it before we dive into what's next. Um, it's been an emotional conversation and one that I think really resonates in our world today and with many women. And um, we're going to get into the statistics of what that looks like for women. And we're going to pick up Karen's story right now. She had just shared that after years of keeping the secret, even from her husband, what Christ started to do in her heart after she told her husband that in the past she had had an abortion and his response to her and what Jesus did from there. So Karen, thank you so much for coming back on the Let It Be podcast. Thanks for having me again. We left it at a cliffhanger. We sure did. (laughs) So you had just shared that you had come to this breaking point. Yes. Where you had told your husband after several years of marriage, yes. in which he did not know anything about your past. Correct. And you had just shared with him that you had had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I love the words that you used because you said you saw the face of Jesus in the face of your husband. Yes. In his response. Yes. So let's pick up there because hopefully by now our listeners know that they need to listen to part one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you part have to two. listen to part one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, There was tremendous. So, you know, the Bible talks about the peace that passes all understanding. Mm -hmm. This was a peace that I not only felt was not possible for me, but that I felt I was not worthy Mm -hmm. of And so that I I explained that there was a a night, if you listened to part one, um, you heard that there was a a night where I finally tell my husband. And at that point, because I knew what very, very like black and white views my uh, husband often has about things and how I expected him to respond, Mm -hmm. the love that I experienced, um, that night, which was not what I was expecting. Um, what i realized was that christ wanted to forgive me mm-hmm. and that my unwillingness to ask for it mm. was creating this barrier mm. in my relationship with my savior wow and so that night i i
0: finally asked for forgiveness mm. Because you had shared that you had gotten to that point where you had repented. Yes. You had tried to shake off the shame. Yes. But had never gotten to the point of saying, Jesus, forgive me. Correct. Correct. And
1: so um, I I really, I I don't know how to describe it. It was literally as if a huge weight Mm -hmm. was just lifted off of me. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it is it was a piece that passes all understanding. I don't even fully know how to, to describe it, mm-hmm. but I felt
0: forgiven. Mm. Um, it's amazing, Karen, that here here you are 30 years later. yeah, and the tears still come. Yeah. And I want our listeners to because culture is saying a very different story, yes, about this, yes decision. And I want our listeners to hear the grief that comes Mm -hmm. with it for decades. Yes.
1: Yes. And that is, um, you know, (laughs) Satan's got this particular topic, you know, packaged up really nice, nicely right now. And there are so many lies that women are told about abortion, and and it's interesting to me how I mean I couldn't even say the word mm. abortion until about mm, eight years ago. Mm. Wow, <laughs> you know it, it is uh, it is that painful. So um, yes, so I then after after you know telling my husband and feeling this peace, mm-hmm. I still was not, um, you know, this was still a secret, you know, you're not going to go out. This is not something you broadcast to the world. Right. And, um, I've always kind of been the kind of, the kind of woman who presents myself as very together. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I am a together woman. Um, but I also am a woman in all fairness who is, does a very good job of covering my, pains, hurts, mm-hmm. and secrets. <laughs> yeah. So life continued. Um, my husband and I had three amazing children together. Mm-hmm. And then about seven years ago, I started feeling this tugging mm-hmm. to reach out to my local Christian Pregnancy Center. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, can I say <laughs> hell on here? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> n- I do not think so. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I remember, you know, it, these thoughts just kept coming in my head. Yeah. And I remember going, Lord, I am not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like that was the most painful Experience of my entire life. The last thing I want to do is revisit that. Yeah. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for this right. amazing life you've given me. No. Yeah. And um, it was so. <laughs> I mean, it's almost funny how how things developed. So somehow I got on the mailing list of this pregnancy center. Mm. And I think it's because I I they had do this baby bottle campaign and Uh I donated some money Uh because, you know, that's a nice safe thing to do to support the pro-life movement. I'm gonna write a check, you know. Right. (laughs) Right. So um I got on their mailing list. And then um I would sit and be doing my Bible study and and it was almost as if an audible voice in my ear was going. You need to call that pregnancy center. So at this particular time, I was um, I was training for the flying pig. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, I had shared with my my running partner. She knew my uh-huh. about my abortion, and I said to her, "I said I, I just keep feeling like God is giving me this message to call this pregnancy center, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I remember one day her going, Karen,
0: just call the number, just." Just call the number, right? What's the worst that could happen?
1: So, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so one day I'm, I'm doing my Bible. I would did my my own devotions in the morning and I'm sitting at my kitchen table and um, there's a big window and behind my house, there's all, there's a lot of trees. There's a yeah. woods there. And it was a very, very windy day and the trees were swaying from side to side. And again, uh, I, I get this thought in my head, call that pregnancy center. And I said out loud, God, I'm not doing this. And this is how I I really feel like this had to be from God, because I am not this clever. And he said, look at those trees. And he said, they're they're swaying back and forth, and they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And my life at this point was very busy. I have chills. I was... I had my own business. Mm-hmm. I was homeschooling my kids. I was million I taught exercise classes. Yeah. I had a very full plate. Yeah. I was very busy, and that was my excuse mm-hmm. for not calling the pregnancy center. And I felt like he was telling me, "Yeah, you're moving a lot, mm-hmm. but you're not really doing anything important. Wow. You're not doing what I have for you." And I was like, "Oh, god." I <laughs> 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 so I was like, "Fine." I was so willful I mean just willfully disobedient yeah so I picked up the phone and I called the pregnancy center and I got the answering machine yes you know and left a message and I'm thinking you know I'll stuff envelopes I'll help lead a fundraiser I'll buy diapers yes (laughs) Uh, I'll clean your stinking bathrooms Uh you know (laughs) that's safe and then I didn't hear anything mm-hmm. like two weeks went by and I was like, oh my gosh, he just wanted me to be obedient, but he's not uh-huh. going to really make me do this. Right. And I was like, ah, that was so silly. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from the director at the pregnancy center. And, and we were on the phone, like not 10 minutes. And I was like, you yeah, know, I, you know, I'll help with the fundraiser. I'll, I'll come clean. And she said, uh, and I didn't tell her about my abortion. Wow. Like, and, and she said, you know, I think, I would like you to be a client advocate. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what's that? And she said, "Well, you're the person who walks through this process with the women." And I was like, that was not what I had in mind. But I thought, you know what? I'm being obedient. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I remember this is really really silly. I remember the day I went to the pregnancy center to because there's a very large packet of information you have to fill out. Uh-huh. And I remember uh, going to the pregnancy center to turn in my packet and thinking, what if somebody sees me outside this mm-hmm. pregnancy center? Oh. They're going to know I had an abortion. I mean, at this point, I'm like 40 something years yeah. old. <laughs> like, it was so ridiculous. Yeah. But the, but the fear of being, mm-hmm. uh,
0: f- figured found out, found yeah. out that mm-hmm. secret coming out.
1: And so at the very beginning, I thought I cannot start a ministry with this secret. Mm -hmm. And so right from the get go, I told the people at the pregnancy center, look, I've had an abortion, um, no judgment at all. Mm. And you know, sometimes you tell people things and even if they don't say anything, you see it in their eyes. Yeah, You see it in the shift in their body, nothing, just pure acceptance. Mm. It was very healing Mm. And so they said, okay, that's great. Um, we do need, and I said, look, I have, you know, I have done a lot of work. I've healed from this. And they said, well, even so, um, because of the sensitivity of the work we do here, we really need you to go through a post-abortion healing um, uh, study first, just to make sure that you have fully healed from this. Mm-hmm. And I will say, as I did that study, and it was something I did on my own. Um, there were still a few loose ends that I had not tied up. I was very grateful for mm-hmm. the study, um, and so I did. I started working as a client advocate, and and so basically, my job was: women would come in asking for a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. I would give them the pregnancy test. I would be with them as they got the results. And then I would help, you know, walk them through their choices. Because let's face it, there are three choices. Yes. Every woman has three choices and there are only three. Mm-hmm. You can have that baby and parent it. You can have that baby and place it for adoption mm-hmm. and you can have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And, and if you listen to part one, one of the elements that was glaringly missing from my story was anybody walking me through that process. Yeah. And it was such an honor to be able to walk women through that option. And we talk very openly about abortion. Yeah. It's the elephant in the room, right? You know. Um, what I have found I, there's been so many interesting things that I have discovered in my now 7 years being a client advocate is first of all women who already have a very clear Um, conviction in their own mind that they don't believe in abortion Mm -hmm. handle an unplanned or even crisis pregnancy so much better. Mm. Sometimes having options is not a blessing. Yeah. Because when, for many women who that is not their view and and adopt an abortion is on the table, Mm -hmm. what you have to understand is with that option, sort of everything funnels into that option because it seems like the fastest, easiest, sometimes, and as if you heard of my story, the less, the most unselfish way to handle the problem. Right. Um, and so, uh, anyway, so I, I began doing that. The missing piece in me doing more to help women heal from abortion was the fact that although now my husband knew I had never told my children, And at this point now, my children were, um, my girls were in high school. And um, my oldest daughter, so so I worked at the Pregnancy Center for several years before I even considered doing post-abortion healing. Mm -hmm. And I had been, I went to a training. We had uh, lots and lots of training at the Pregnancy Center. And one day we all had a training where we went to a conference about post-abortion healing. And I remember sitting in that conference and thinking, you know, I'd be really great at this. But once again, I can't do this Mm -hmm. because how can I go public by helping other women with post-abortion healing when I am not, my own children don't know. Right. And I remember going up to one of the women who was the presenters and uh, just a beautiful woman and, and saying, I think this is amazing, but I'm sorry, I can't do this. Mm. And she looked into me like, like she was looking into my soul. Mm -hmm. And she said, her name's Peggy Dieters. She's wonderful. (laughs) Um, And she said, Karen, I know you're going to do this. And when you're ready, give me a call. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I just started praying to God and saying, you just, if this is what you have for me then you are going to have to provide mm-hmm. the perfect opportunity for me to tell my children. Mm-hmm. And I have to know it's from you because I cannot hurt another person mm-hmm. with this. And, you know, my one daughter was the president of respect life club, you know, mm-hmm. at her yeah. school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my kids were very proud of me for the work I was doing at the yes. pregnancy center, but they didn't know that the I ride. had had an abortion mm-hmm. Um, and there was, you know, and he did, God created the perfect opportunity for me to tell my daughters. And, um, yeah, I, I, I want us to get into talking about, about post-abortion healing. So I won't share that story right now, but really, really a beautiful mm-hmm. story. And just like when I told my husband, the response was so different than what I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Um, my children were so loving Oh my goodness. I mean,
0: mm.
1: my oldest daughter even told me, I said, you know, to my girls, I said, I was so, I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid that you would be ashamed of me and that you would never be able to look at me at the, the same way because I raised my children very different and have raised my children very much to value sex in the context of marriage. Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter said, mom, I think I love you more. (laughs) I, I, you know, she had shared with me that, um, so she was a freshman in college and she had shared with me that the girl across the hall had become pregnant. And she said, because of the work and what I've learned from you at the pregnancy center, she said, I was able to be there for her. I was able to talk with her about it. And, um, Anyway, it just, again, opened a door for yeah. me to continue down this path that, that I felt like Christ was clearing for me. For you. yeah. So um, after telling my daughters, um, and I had a very, very clear vision of a post-abortion healing program that I wanted to begin mm-hmm. at the pregnancy center. And I had talked with the director at the pregnancy center and, and everybody kind of knew the caveat was, I have to tell my own children, and I yeah. said, I don't know what the timeline is here, but I have the plan. Yeah, <laughs> whenever it does happen. So once I was sort of freed to start that, mm-hmm. um, and, and I can't even say this was not a plan that I—it was all just there. Yeah, Christ had just given me the plan. I even yeah. had the name for the program, which the name for the program is Whitestone. Uh, and the reason I named it Whitestone was from Genesis, where it talks about how Christ gives you a white stone with a new name. Mm. And that new name is based not on your past, not on your life. It's based on who you are, your character in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that, that scripture after healing from my abortion and just thinking like, he's given me this new name. I love that. And so, uh, the way that it, so I had started doing individual post abortion healing with women and there's a curriculum, Mm -hmm. um, And then I realized that really there was more power in doing it in a support group Mm -hmm. setting. And that's what Whitestone is. So Whitestone is a small group. Like we don't have more than five women in a Whitestone group. Everyone who is in the group has had an abortion. Uh, Everybody's story is different. Yeah. But... There are so many core things that that you bond over. Mm -hmm. The secret, the shame, um, the anger, Mm -hmm. the grief. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started leading these groups. And God brought women to me that needed it. Statistically, what's the number? Yeah. So here's the huge numbers. One, and this is a conservative, they they have now changed this to one in in three women have had an abortion.
0: That's shocking.
1: Those statistics
0: do not change in the church. Wow. That's even more than the miscarriage rate, which is one in four. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in the stage of having babies and friends would be pregnant together. And I remember chatting very kind of like a morbid conversation with friends saying like, statistically one of us is going to miscarry. And when you look at that as one in four and Mm -hmm. abortions are one One in in three. three.
1: And no, I will say usually when I speak publicly, I'll say one in four, that is the most conservative, but over the last five years, they've changed that statistic to one in three. I mean, just stop for a minute and think about one in three women have had an abortion there's not a single person who does not know someone, someone close to them. Right. So your sister, you just don't know that you know someone close to right. you. Right. Right. And it's been interesting to me as I have come forward with my own story, mm-hmm. um, and still many, many people who know me don't know about my work in post-abortion healing. They don't know about my work at the Pregnancy
0: Center. Well, they may now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I remember uh, sharing with the ladies at the Pregnancy Center. I said, you have no idea how much I don't want to be the abortion lady. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But here I am. Yeah.
1: Um, and so... Um, there's been many times when I have been just uh, you know, having lunch with a girlfriend or yeah. I meet a new friend. Yeah. I had shared with you before that I regularly ask women on dates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, I really like you. You want to go to lunch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many times I have been, you know, in the middle of a coffee or in the middle of the lunch, and I hear that whisper in my ear going, Tell her, tell her about your abortion. Wow. Every single time, except for one the woman across from me has said me too. Wow. And I've never told a single person. And then I say, you know, I talk about the healing that is available, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I want to speak directly to right now to any woman who's listening to this, who has had an abortion. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you that I understand that just hearing the word abortion, if it's, you physically like feel like you got uh, punched in the stomach. I understand that you can't say that word. And I want you to know there is peace that passes all understanding. It is available to you. Jesus Christ is literally waiting for you to surrender this to him. And it's a process. It is not an easy process. I'm not going to lie to you. Post abortion healing is a process, but it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can be on a podcast telling my story is nothing short of a miracle. Mm-hmm. This was my most protected secret for 25 years. Wow. 25 years. It's amazing. 25 years ago, I couldn't say abortion. Mm-hmm. I'm now on a podcast, liter- you know, uh, figuratively naked in front of everybody, yeah. mm-hmm. saying, Look at my sin mm-hmm. and look what Christ did with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a life verse. Um, and Good, it's because
0: I was going to ask you about yes. it.
1: <laughs> First Timothy uh, f- 1 15, 16. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: but for that very reason, I was shown mercy. Uh, No, oh, you know what? I wrote it down because I knew I'd get emotional, and I've said it so many times, and when I get emotional, I can't remember. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy Mm. so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience Mm. as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And, you know, the scripture Christ can use all things for good for those who love him. Yeah, That's really the greatest miracle of my story. Because, I mean, could Christ use abortion to bring him glory? Yes, he could. Now, I, I have to be very clear that I am not saying in any way, shape, or form that Jesus Christ intended for me to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. No way. That would go against his word. That would go against his character. But I
0: did have an abortion. And I do love Christ. He can use that. Um. One of my favorite verses is out of Genesis. I reference it all the time because it applies to so many of our, it probably applies to all of our stories, um, but it's where Joseph is saying what you intended for evil, yes. God intended for good. And I love the, the last part of that verse that it says the saving, saving of, of many, many lives. lives. And I just think of your story mm-hmm. and how what you went through because of one life, yeah. the multiple lives that your story could be, can be saving and is saving yeah. now. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it is absolutely my desire for women to choose life. Yeah. Right now, the reality is one in three women are choosing abortion. Mm-hmm. And what I want women to hear is that's not the end of your story. Yeah. I thought it was the end of my yeah. story. I thought this is guilt, shame, self-loathing mm-hmm. that I deserve to live with for the rest of my life. And Jesus Christ said, "No." <laughs> yeah, and and that's why I talk a lot about the power of a secret. Now that being said, you don't share with the whole world all your, you know, all your baggage and yeah. think, "Oh, that's going to make me feel free." Right. That, that is not necessarily how it works. Um, and, uh, but there is freedom and part of it is talking about it. Even if what, who you're talking to is Jesus Christ. And that's what makes a, a abortion, um, recovery group, a safe place. Because nobody's going to judge you. Everybody there has had an abortion. Now, everybody's situation is different. Mm -hmm. Some women 100% made the decision on their own. Mm -hmm. Some women were very much coerced. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, in my experience at the pregnancy center and in working with women in post-abortion, one of the greatest um, places where pressure comes is from the mother of the woman. Mm. Wow. And that sounds a little like there's no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is true. And it's true for a lot of reasons. Um, as, as warped as this sounds, most often the motivation is because they love their daughter and they want their future to be bright. Um, and that's why in, in working with, um, a lot of women, they have a lot of anger towards their parents, towards their mothers. And we work through that. I mean, post-abortion healing isn't only in dealing with the abortion and that child, but also all of the other relationships that were involved in that. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask about that. And then I want to let everyone know where they can find you and can find the resources. So there are two sides of this coin. Yes. One is the the woman who's already had an abortion. Yes. One is the woman who's considering. Yes. Or will be faced with that decision at one point. But there's one more element, and Mm -hmm. that's the dad. Yes. So for the dad whose girl had the abortion and is now dealing with the ramifications of that weight and emotion that we don't really often think Mm -hmm. about, The male figure in the decision. So, speak to that for just a couple minutes and then um, tell us where we can find resources and where any of these women who are faced in any of that scenario can find help.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, Well, it's interesting because in the sort of post abortion healing segment of society, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those Mm -hmm. of us who are doing this, this work, um, there's been in the last just couple years, much more focus on men in Mm -hmm. the situation. And there are post-abortion healing groups for Mm men. Um, there's a couple great books that have been written and, um, And although that is certainly not where I feel my gifting is, um, my gifting is in working with women. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could certainly give resources of any man who is, um, needing that
0: help. Yeah, And we'll add those to the show notes so that if anyone is listening, wants to just go to the show notes and see what those are, they'll be listed there.
1: There are some great married couples who do it together, who, who, um, participated in an abortion together Mm -hmm. and who now in this area. Um, I will say it it, when I have a young woman who is in my counseling room, who has just found out she's pregnant Mm -hmm. um, or knew she was pregnant before she came in and has already discussed this with her boyfriend or family. I think that it is um, important for young men to hear what we think in our society is that what the woman needs you to hear is, It's your decision. I support you in whatever you do. Now, there's some validity to that. What she needs to hear you say is, I support you to have this child.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When you say, I support you in whatever you decide, you're making it her decision Mm -hmm. entirely. Mm -hmm. That is so much pressure. Yeah. Now, I understand that you may not want to say, I support you in having this child. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, if you're telling her it's her decision, she may make that decision. Mm -hmm. It's still your child. Yeah. And she needs to hear that you recognize
0: that it is the both of your child. Yeah. Mm Wow. Wow. All right, so where can they find you and find the work that you do?
1: Yes, okay, so um, even though I... um you know, we're here kind of more in the Cincinnati direction. Mm -hmm. The pregnancy center that I work at is new life clinic, which is in Wilmington. Okay. Um, so a a little further away, some women might be more comfortable with that because they'd come into a community that no one, nobody knows them. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can give the, um, address and phone number if you, and, and I think there is a lot of misunderstandings about what happens at a pregnancy center and and the, and the pro life movement has changed a lot in the last uh many years and you are not going to be pressured to make a decision one way or the other mm. a preg- a a christian pregnancy center is a loving safe space to come all the services are free mm. You get a pregnancy test for free. You get an ultrasound for free. Any counseling we do is free. Any programs we do is free. There are many programs to help f- support you financially if you choose to, to parent your child. Um, ways to get everything you need for the baby. Um, and it is a, a very loving, judgment-free place. And I think a lot of people think, oh, you're going to go to one of those Christian pregnancy centers and they're going to judge you yeah, or shame mm. you into a decision. Nothing could be further from the truth. And just like in all areas of service, the people who are most effective are people who have had a shared experience. Yeah. So it's not that every woman at the pregnancy center had an unplanned pregnancy, but um, I'll tell you most of them have. yeah, Or have at least had a very, uh, you know, their, their sister, their daughter, whatever, have a very close experience with an unplanned pregnancy. So there's no judgment there. Wow. Um, So I highly recommend whether you come to New Life Clinic, or there are other Christian pregnancy centers in the area. And um, I'm just going to be really honest, I'm going to talk for a moment about Planned Parenthood, because I know that a lot of women, especially young women today, feel that this is a very empowering place. This is a place that is looking out for the best interest of women. Yeah, you can get inexpensive birth control at Planned Parenthood. You can get gynecological visits at Planned Parenthood. We need to remember that Planned Parenthood makes their money from abortion. The women that I have had in my post-abortion healing who, and many, many of them went to Planned Parenthood, the subtle and sometimes not so subtle pressure to make the decision for abortion is real. Mm-hmm. If you are faced with an unplanned pregnancy, what you need is for somebody to just do what I talked about before and just allow you to take a deep breath and walk down those three roads. Um, At the pregnancy center, when we talk about abortion, you know, like if a woman has said, I've made the decision I'm having an abortion, then I say, then you have the responsibility and the right to fully know what you're getting yourself into. I want you to know, are you familiar with the procedure? Mm -hmm. And most of the time they're like, not really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I explain the procedure and I'm not trying to traumatize. We have a a wonderful videos, non-graphic videos that just show medically. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they can ask very, very personal questions, personal questions, like as personal as, what's it like to have sex for the first time after you've made the decision mm. to have an, after you've had an abortion? Yeah, Emotionally, what, what does that feel like?
0: Mm.
1: You know, I, I'll get raw. I'll get down there and in intimate with you if you want to talk about those things. That is an opportunity. Yeah. And, um, and then, of course, if you're interested in the Whitestone group, yeah. um, what you do is you call New Life Clinic and just say, I'm interested in Whitestone. And they will then refer you to me, or there is another woman also at the clinic who leads Whitestone, and we will contact you. Um, You can email the clinic, you can get on and Facebook message the clinic. Mm -hmm. It's completely confidential. And it's very important that you know that. 100% confidential. And part of the reason we call it Whitestone is so that if you're at work or you're in your family yeah. and you call and say, I'm interested in Whitestone, nobody has any idea what, what you're talking is. about. Yeah.
0: Um, and and go from there. Karen, I think the work that you're doing is essential. Um, I feel like, and here we're talking about feelings, I know that culture is completely against yes. this side of this conversation. Yes. And- I also know that Jesus can redeem any story. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. And so my hope today is that people who have listened, because now we're aware that we all know someone, we just don't know that we know someone, Mm -hmm. that people who are listening can know that they can find hope, whether they've already been down this path or it's a decision in front of them, Mm -hmm. that they can release the shame Mm -hmm. and that they can truly experience forgiveness and the peace that comes from it. That we truly cannot understand. Yes. So thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing your story and for doing the work. I mean, you're walking the walk for sure. Yes, and it's been an honor. Mm. It really, really has. I love it. I love it. So when Karen is not doing all of these things, (laughs) let's lighten, let's lighten the mood a little bit. When Karen's
1: not doing all of these things, water. Hold
0: on. Um, And you're not. Snapping pictures and yes. raising children and paying college tuition bills yes. and all of the fun things. What do you love? <laughs> I, um,
1: there's so much I love. I, I really love wom- women. I consider myself, I call myself a woman's woman. Mm-hmm. So um, I love getting together with other women. Um, I I am an artist. I love art supplies. I oh. mean, like going to an arts <laughs> an arts and crafts store is like letting a drunk in a liquor store for me. <laughs> um, and then uh, we had talked about this yeah. a little before. I absolutely love um, gospel music, not, not Southern gospel, but like black gospel music. It, I love it. like, that's what I jam to on Spotify. Like if you're ever on the bike trail and you see this little white woman with her (laughs) eyes closed and her arms up in the air, don't run into her. That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having a time of worship on the bike trail listening to my gospel music. So I love that. Yeah. I want everybody to right now, write down this name. I was going to ask you Tasha Cobbs Leonard. Okay. Tasha Cobbs Leonard. Google her. Okay. And then like let your hair out of your messy bun and stand up and shake it off and then like blare it and have a time of worship. I'll, and it is amazing. I'll put her in the show notes. Say the name again. Tasha, Tasha Cobb Leonard. Leonard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll she's amazing. She like, I, I, oh, I wish God would have given me a beautiful singing voice. I am terrible, but I pretend because <laughs> you can't like I'm her when I listen to her music. She's got like this beautiful big, amazing voice. I love it. Where's she out of? Do you know, do you know anything about her? Um, I, I do follow her on Instagram. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I just, I just started following. I'm feeling a little creepy that I like follow her on Instagram oh. now. And yeah. now I know all about her personal life too, but um, I don't, I don't know where she, where she is, where she's mm-hmm. out of. We'll um, find her. But I know she and her husband have a church and um, she's a very, very, you know, she's a famous, you know, contemporary gospel singer. So it. she's all
0: over the contemporary gospel charts. So, okay. I'll have to check her out for sure. And this is called the let it be podcast. So if there oh, yeah. were one prayer and it can be for anything, it can be for yourself, for the world, for your kids, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I was supposed to prepare
1: for this question and, Oh, there's so many things. Um, if I could have a prayer answered. Mm. Um, I'm going to, I'll just say a a personal one and and we'll leave it at that, that right now, um, I, I have a real prayer for, um, reunification
0: with family. I love that. I love that. I'm going to pray that with you. Thank you. Let it be. Well, thanks again for all of this. I mean, it's been great to catch up because we haven't caught up in a very long time. And it's funny because listeners typically don't know that I usually chat with my guests for a solid 20 to 30 minutes before (laughs) we start recording. And then we're like, oh, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. That's a whole other podcast. So, and we did a lot of that. And I've just loved hearing your story and your vulnerability and just how open you've been. I know it's going to impact many, many lives. And when we we open handedly give God our story to use it as he will, it changes people. and it it changes the kingdom. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Psalm 86.5 says, you Lord are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all those who call on you. One in three women have had an abortion. That's a startling statistic. That means that we all know someone. We just may not know that we know someone. My prayer is that this conversation will reach the ears who need to hear it. And if that's you, reach out. I've included Karen's contact information in the show notes. Please share this conversation with others. Your story isn't over. God is in the business of redeeming it all and bringing beauty out of ashes. Thanks for being part of this amazing conversation, this important conversation. You can stay up to date with me at Becky Ziegenfuss, that's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. And as always, thanks for being part of the Let It Be podcast.